listening to Personal Branding with Lynn, a podcast for entrepreneurs and creatives. You are on a mission to create your life's work and legacy, but are struggling to break through the noise to reach your ideal clients. Well, that's where personal branding comes in. I'll help you grow your business using marketing that feels as natural as a conversation. Who am I? I'm Lynn Morton, and I have managed the brands of Fortune 500s, nonprofits, and startups. And now I'm ready to pour all that I've learned over my career into helping you build your personal brand. In fact, we'll work on it together. Let's get started. Hey there, and welcome to Personal Branding with Lynn. This is episode 10, and I am so glad that you're with me again today because we've got a great episode in store for you. We're ending another week, another month, another year. Um, if you think about it now, this is the end of 2019 as I record this, and we're looking forward to 2020. So this is a great time for us personally to relax, enjoy the holiday season, whether you celebrate Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, or whatever it is you do to connect with your loved ones. This is a great time to do that. And then we start thinking about next year so that when 2020 hits, man, we will be shot out of a rocket when we take on 2020 and our goals. So we're talking about things you need to be thinking about and preparing for to get your foundation ready for the new year. And today is going to be one of those topics. I'm going to talk about how you define and narrow your niche. And this is going to be something that's really important for you to to do, to think about and to do if you have not done it already. And even if you have a defined niche, it's a good time to just refresh and make sure, recalibrate, make sure that you're still on the, the right path for your goals. All right. So before we get started, I want to remind you that I do have a an audit, a free personal branding audit. You go to audit.linmorton, L-Y-N-M-O-R-T-O-N, Lynn Morton audit, A-U-D-I-T dot linmorton.com. It's about 10 questions. They're really short, but they are designed to get you thinking about the kinds of things you should be doing to get your brand in order. And it's, a, again, another good way to start planning for the new year. So go go check it out there and you can sign up and take the short brand audit. You'll get your answers and explanations as you answer the questions. It's, it's, a, good, it's, it's a good way to see where you are. All right, so let's talk next about how to define and narrow your niche. That sounds great. Will you send me a proposal? I paused and let sink in what should have been a cause for celebration. Sure thing, I'll send it right over. Truthfully, I wasn't sure I wanted to do this gig. I've been approached by the friend of a colleague to do some marketing consulting, and I was flattered to be asked, and I thought, 
you know, I could be helpful here and it could be a decent revenue stream, but I wasn't sure I wanted to do it. For me, there were some red flags about the industry because I wasn't very familiar with that industry. And when I talked about my approach, which is usually content-related, content market-related, it didn't seem like we had a connection there. And I wasn't sure how it would go, but so I would have to do some educating on, on the approach before we could even get to work. So, you know, you know, sometimes you ever feel like, you know, uh, there's something inside of you saying, this isn't really a good fit. Like, I don't think this is going to work out. And something, you know, deep inside tells you that, but you chase it anyway because you chase the money rather than chasing the work. Now, if you remember several episodes back, I, I had an episode on the work. And anytime you chase the work, meaning I the work is something that I'm really inspired by here and this is what I'm going after, it works out. When you go, eh, I don't know if I'd like this, but I'll do it anyway, always problems. So anyway, I pitched it anyway, got the contract. Great. Now I got to do the work. You always hate to be in that place. Now, I contrasted that with another client where I knew I was in sync. I understand the business, the challenges, the opportunities. I knew we were also in sync and how we would work together. And it got me excited to support this client and work with him on his business. Now, this is where you want to be ideally. You're, you're, you're excited and you think, you know, I can do good, good here. I can help someone really achieve their goals as well. This is going to be amazing. And you find yourself really excited about it. And that's where you want to be. So I started to wonder, like, how do I get more of the clients I connect with and avoid the ones where we have this gap? Well, believe it or not, this is where having a niche can be helpful. If you feel misaligned with your business, with the work you're doing, or the people you serve, you might just need to narrow or adjust your niche. Now, why is it important? Well, your niche or niche, as some people say, you know, this is important because it's really the focus of your business and your efforts and all your energies. So you want to be perfectly aligned here. So your niche is important because it helps you clarify who you will serve. Like when you have the right niche, you know exactly who you're going after. Like who are the people you enjoy working with who, who seem to energize you more than deplete you? Think about that. You want to know what your niche is because it will help you define a business model and what specific services you'll provide and how you will serve them in a way that uses your gifts to provide the ultimate value. What do I mean by that? You know, you can be in a, in a specific business, for instance, and, and, and choose a model that doesn't use your time wisely that doesn't allow you to tap into where your true gifts are and provide the old, you know value to your clients and and you'll 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 know that you did there because you feel like you're spinning the wheels and you're not getting anywhere and so you've got to really choose the right business model 
and saying, you know, what do I do really well and what services can I provide that really, really, really provides value to my clients? So that's why the niche is important because it will help you also define that. It will help you to choose to focus on the right activities and tasks in your projects. You'll find that as you you start your creative business and or your creative out endeavor or, or you know whatever you are doing to express yourself and earn and earn income or you know whatever your goals are, you will find that the more you do and if you do it well, the more opportunities will open in front of you. And you'll find people saying, hey, I've got a great idea. You can do this and you can do that. Or will you do this and will you do that? And you and you will find that you will have more opportunities than time. And that's a great place to be. It really is. But then now you have to make sure that you choose correctly. And, and really understanding your niche will help you to do that because Number four, it gives you clarity on which product products or projects you'll take on and which you will decline. Like when you have that client that's not a right fit for you and your business, you will know this right away and you can say, you know what, I'd love to help you, but this is really not my strength. Let me see if I can find someone who'd be better for you. And you can do this and save your energy for the things you do very well so that you can do them very well and then you know continue continue your success. So when do you say yes and how do you say no? Having a niche even gives you a polite way to decline. I love what you're doing, but this isn't my expertise. And I wish I could help you, but this isn't where I shine. But let me let me connect with connect you with someone who does do that well. So you you've got a you know a nice way of of getting you know declining and then when you find something that is right up your alley you go oh yeah this is what I do and uh, oh my goodness I would love to help you and because of this number 5 it will help you save time and improve your efficiency when you focus on the right things and you focus all your energy on doing you know where you you know, can provide the most value, man, that's where you find that you you are multiplying your efforts. So knowing this, assuming that you agree with me that it's much better to be working and 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 providing and services within your niche, what do you, you know, how do you find what that is? And, you know, the other thing that's important about about your niche in finding your niches, you know, they always say the riches are in the niches. Like the more focused you are, the easier it is for you to market and identify your and find your customers. And I didn't have this one in my notes, but this is so important. I can't believe I didn't include it. You know, one of the things you'll find is when if you have really narrowed it down who you want to speak to and what you want to do for them in your niche, it will help you find where these people are, where they hang out online or in person, 
and what communities these people tend to congregate in so that when you are trying to market to them and speak to them, it's much easier to find them, right? So it, it, it's interesting. I was reading um, an, an, an article about, you ever see those t-shirts that you that they you, they pop up when you're on Facebook and it's always these really cool little t-shirts that you can buy with clever sayings about who you are? Well, I was reading this article, and it, and one of the things they said is, you want to look at two two things that these people have in common, two layers that are in common. And let me give you an example of what I mean. For I am a I'm a big I'm a big sports fan, and I grew up in South Louisiana, New Orleans, and Baton Rouge. So. That means I am a New Orleans Saints fan. I'm a, you know, what when fan means fanatical, that's me. Um, for you know, my family and my kids and everyone, when they're looking for gifts for me for Christmas, I, I make it really easy. I said, buy me anything with the Saints logo on it, and I'm in there. And so that's me. So that's one layer. Now, there are lots of stuff on you can find online about being you know, a, a fan of a, of a particular team. It's so much that you go, eh, and it doesn't really connect with you. But what they say is you go a second layer down. And it's be, so it'll be a Saints layer, Saints fan living in New Jersey or living in New York. When Or when I lived in D.C., we had a really big Saints community down there. And just those two things will help you narrow in and intersect on a narrow enough niche that you can find these people, you know, easily, like if you have to buy ads, Saints fan in this particular region, it's really easy to buy ads. It's really easy to find the Facebook groups, the, the meetups and all with these people hang out. And when you do, you will find that these people are a lot more passionate about, you know, that community. And, and if you can tap into it, man, you really have something um, special there. So that's an example of how a niche can work for you. One, it helps you find the people who are, you know, who fit that niche a lot easier and to market to them and to advertise to them. It's they're in a, such a close community and such a, an easily identifiable community. It's easy to find them, to connect with them, and to market and advertise to them if you need to do that. So another bonus there about why a niche is important. Now, how do you find yours and identify your niche? And for, you know, for most of us, this is where we find we have, you know, the biggest frustrations because we're interested in so many things. And we say, you know, I could do a whole lot of different things, you know, what is it called? You're multi-passionate or multi-interested, whatever the, the 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 term is these days. I heard it the other day, and I thought, huh, that's interesting. And I I get that because there are a lot of things that I'm interested in, and I think oh, I can make a niche out of that. But really, can you? Well, here are the three P's you should look at when you are trying to decide whether or not this interest of yours would make a good niche. So I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give you a, a couple different ways to look at it. And this first is the three P's. And then I'm going to give you another um, 
uh, another paradigm, another way of thinking about finding your niche. So this one with the three P's stands for the three P stands for stand for passion, proficiency, and profitability. So passion, you got to tap into that first because passion is what keeps you going when the work work gets dull and monotonous and tedious. So you want to be passionate about whatever it is you've chosen for your niche. There's nothing worse than trying to build a business around something for which you have no interest or someone else's interest. It, it just doesn't sustain you. And you know it's your passion because you don't really think of it as work. This is something you might do in your spare time if you you know, you had some time and you go, you know what? I really like my, one of my passions is photography. And so if I have spare time and someone says, Hey, what would you like to do? And they say, you want to go shoot pictures, man, I am in there. I remember when I first started tapping into this, I, I started a meetup group in the DC area. And I, and the reason I started it was because I was passionate about photography and didn't have anyone in my circle who shared that passion. And I thought it'd be cool if I could find just a few friends who would do this with me. And so just on one idle day, this is back in 2008, I went, I saw, I stumbled onto meetup.com and I put in photography and there were only two photography meetups in the area back then. It wasn't a big deal back then. And so I, I looked at both of them and none of them really spoke to me. So I started my own. It was an idle weekend. And I, and I, I thought, oh, whatever, I'll just start this. And maybe I meet a couple friends. And of course that blew into, you know, this really big and vibrant group that put me on the path to teaching photography and all kinds of stuff. But I tell the story because I, I, I got a friend of mine, Steve Rosenbach, who was also a photographer. And I remember it was like 2008 or 2009. And Steve called me up one day and said, hey, Lynn, you know, I am between jobs right now. And I don't have anything to do this week. You want to just drive up to New York with me and shoot pictures? And I could tell you there was no sweeter sound in my <laughs> to my ears than that. And I said, sure. And we jumped in the car. We did the one day road trip. We shot the entire city and then we drove back. And this is what I do. I would do with my spare time. So when I built a business around it, I knew that I would definitely be focused on it because I don't really think of it as work. I was at a networking function and someone says, said to me when I was doing my my photography workshop business in DC, you know, what would you do if, if, if you, you couldn't, you know, if you had to start over, I said exactly what I'm doing now, you know, it's your passion because in your spare time, this is what you would choose to do. And connected to that is number two, you're doing what you love. You seek this out. You know, you want to spend your time there and you want to learn about it. You want to be better at it and you want to share it with other people. You are doing something you love. And number three, you find yourself daydreaming about it. How can I do this better? When will I be able to do this again? Where might I be? Where might I, you know, so as a photographer, you start daydreaming. Where can I go shoot next? Where's the next great photo opportunity? Where can I, what, what new skill can I learn? And you find yourself daydreaming. So you know that you have, you have tapped into a passion. 
And number four, you enjoy learning about it. You find yourself reading blogs and going to YouTube and asking people about it and, you know, connecting about it. You're sitting in a coffee shop with other people who share the same passions and you find yourself, you know, just time passes without you recognize it as you talk about this thing that you care about. It's passion. And you, the final point I'll have, you know, it's a passion because if money wasn't an issue, this is what you would do. This is the ultimate test of passion. You won the lotto. Would you still continue to do this? So great. You know the now that this is your passion. So we're going to start to build our niche around this because it, you have checked enough of these boxes to know, hey, man, I'm down with this. And this is what I would do even if I won the lotto. So good. It's not enough to be passionate about it. You have to be good at it. You have to be proficient at it. So the second P stands for proficiency. Now, I went through this phase where I tried everything in the world to be a musician. And it was around the time that Apple released GarageBand. And, and if, if you're not familiar with it, it was it's one of the, the apps that now comes standard on all Apple products. And GarageBand, the way they sold it, at least back then, was you can create music because you had thousands of these loops, these repetitive loops. And in the commercial, they stacked all these loops together and they made music. And I thought, man, that's cool. I, I can do that. How hard can that be? And I got to tell you, for there was a time where I wasted enormous amounts of time trying to create music with these stupid loops. And I say, I say stupid now because, you know, one of the things they don't tell you is that, that you can't just keep these loops that, that are repetitive in the same, you know, the same something, um, I don't know what you call it. It's the same a key over and over again. Like in, in real song, they sort of move up and down. They modulate. They do different things. And, you know, a non-musician like myself didn't pick up on that. So I'm looping and looping and it's just not working. And I'm so then I thought, okay, the problem is I'm stuck with their loops. I'm going to buy a keyboard so I can create my own loops. So I went out and I bought a keyboard. I went to the Apple store and they were selling keyboards back then because they knew people like me had just been suckered into this garage band fantasy that you can really be a musician. So I went and got this keyboard that the guy sold me and I came back home. I plugged it into my computer and now I'm trying to create a loops and loop with my keyboard. And I don't know how to play the keyboard. I took piano and sixth grade for a couple months and quit. I mean, I played trumpet in band, but keyboard, I don't really know. But and I don't have any aptitude for it because, you know, people like like my son, he sits down he, at the keyboard. And he just starts playing stuff with no instruction. Not me. So I'm not ding, 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 I'm poking around on it and nothing, nothing. And I had to, and, and so then, you know, like you, you, you record something that you think is a song you play for folks and they, they give you the polite, oh, that's nice. That's nice. And, and I had to, I had to come to the real realization that as passionate as I might have felt about making music, nobody was ever going to pay me a dollar to create music for them. 
And so, you know, you're just not good at it. So the second P is for proficiency. You've got to be good at something. You have to have, and you know, when you have your natural um, inclination and talents and you do something and, you know, you know that you're good because one, you're rewarded for it when you do it, right? You're rewarded one because in, intrinsically and internally, when you create something, you think this is good and I know I can be better. You know deep inside when you're doing something that's good. But then people also will tell you, like you will post it somewhere, you will share, and people start liking it and sharing it. And oh my God, this is amazing without being prompted. So now you're being rewarded um, as a second sort of affirmation or or someone also telling you this is something you are good at. Man, I've tried to do this a million times and I can't do it. And then you know you're good. People start asking your opinion about it. Hey, I'd like to do that too. How did you make, how did you do that? How did you make that? And now you find yourself sharing. I realized that I had an uh, a p- interest in sharing and teaching photography when I was at a, a dinner party once with, and I had my camera naturally, I was, you know, messing around with taking pictures and someone asked the question about why I did something. And another person asked, and I kept answering and answering. And before I knew it, I had a semicircle of people around me just listening to me teach. And I was just, I was in my zone loving it. So, you know, people are asking your opinion and soaking it up. You know that you are onto something and you know, you really know that you're proficient when people offer to pay you. Now that's the ultimate, right? Someone says, Hey, um, and you know, they might say it in jest at first, or they might say like, you know, you know, how can I work with you? Can you teach me this? I'll pay you. Or can you make me one of those? I'll pay you. Can you do that for me? I'll pay you. And now you know you're onto something. So now you have the second P, which is proficiency, which leads you into the third P, which is profitability. Is it marketable? Is our people out there selling and buying on this topic? And this is when you need, you should start doing a little research and, and, you know, you will check learning platforms. You'll go to this site called Commission Junction where they sell, they sell doodads and content and all kinds on just about every topic imaginable. And if they have something on your topic there, then chances are there's a market for it. And you can just look around and see you know, where, you know, where you would typically look, just start Googling and you start to look in, look for blogs under the same topic, podcasts, you look for groups, Facebook groups, meetup groups. You just look to see, are there any communities forming around it? And is anyone producing any products? You would go to Amazon and look for books on that topic and see how many books there are what you would find on the topic that you um, you think about, you would look into on the um, on the reviews of those books to see what people think about them, what they found helpful about them, what they found not so helpful. And all of this is helping to inform you now on whether or not there's a market there. So, so now you know you're passionate about it, your first P, you're proficient, you're good at it. People are telling you, man, you've got a talent there. And three, it's profitable because 
folks are out there making money on it, right? So, so what do you do with this? So you can make a list. What kind of work gets you excited? You can make another list. What kind of work are you good at? Another list. What kind of work are you motivated to learn? What kind of work you do gets you the most comments, compliments, likes, or engagements? And what kind of work are others making a profit? And then you see a cr- where are the commonalities across these five lists? And that's usually where you will find your niche. Now, so that is one way of finding a niche and also testing it to see if it is marketable. Now, I was I was listening to a blog. Here's the other way of doing it. And I just found this recently. I was listening to another podcast. And Natalie Lussier, I think is her name. She talked about, and I like this one because this this approach works well for a content marketing and management approach. She says, you find your niche in three steps. What's your topic? And remember we said, you know, this takes us back to our, our, our first P of passion. So what's the one topic that you want to, to build your niche around? And then two, what's your story? Like, what's your unique connection to this topic? So because when you start now using content marketing and social media to really begin to talk about it, this is how you will now begin to hone it in. You know this topic is, for me, marketing. And two, what's your story? I'm a, my story is I'm a photographer who used to teach photography, who used to work with one of the, the larger uh, camera brands in helping them sell photography, education. And I always found that marketing was the thing that really excited me as I talked about photography, even though I love photography, when I worked with, with photographers, I got excited when I talked about them marketing and branding their their work. And so I said, okay, so now this is my story. My topic and my story can interweave. So this is how I, I ended up with this personal branding sort of blog and approach. So think about this now. You've got the topic, the, the, the thing you're passionate about, the story, what uniquely um, what's unique about your connection to this topic? And you start to tell your story about it. And the third level is the audience. You start to attract the audience who would be interested in it. And now this is like the perfect three steps to finding a niche for a personal brand. That's just why I like her approach because now it's not just about finding a profitable business. This is about now if you're creating a personal brand, it's around a topic, it's around your personal story, and it connects with an audience that also identifies with that topic and your story. And the only thing she's missing there is you have to go out and test this to see if it can be profitable for you as as a business or whatever your goals might be. So that's another three-step approach that you might think about. You, you, you write down the topics for what you're passionate about. You think about the story, like why is this unique and important to you? And what's your backstory and what's your why and all the things we've talked about in the past. And you think who would be interested in that intersection? And then that would be your audience. And these are the people you are trying to talk to. All right. So there you have it. These are a couple ways to think about 
defining and narrowing your niche. Because if you can do this, you know what they say, the riches are in the niches. Alrighty, thank you so much for spending another episode with me. It's just a bit amazing time sharing with you, and I hope it's helpful for you. Hey, if it is, let me know. You can drop me an email, hello at lynnmorton.com, or you can find me online. My Facebook group is, no, I'm sorry, my Facebook page is at Personal Branding with Lynn or Facebook.com forward slash Personal Branding with Lynn. And you can also find me on Instagram at Personal Branding with Lynn. Anyway, anywhere you find me, just check in with me. Let me know how, you know, if these topics are helpful for you, what your what your challenges are, and then, you know, how how I can help you with future episodes with topics that might be you know, on track with what you need for your journey. All right. So remember, if you are starting out in personal branding and you want to know how you're showing up in the world, you can just take my free audit, my personal brand audit by going to audit.lynnmorton.com, A-U-D-I-T dot L-Y-N-M-O-R-T-O-N dot com. That's where you get started. And if you want to take the fast track, I've got the 26 items you need for your personal brand, and you can get that in the personal branding blueprint, blueprint.lynnmorton.com. It will take you there, and you can pick that up, and it will take you step-by-step step with everything you need to do to build your personal brand. All right? Hey, thank you so much. Enjoy this holiday week as it comes up, and I, again, I hope you have a great time with the people you love, take some time, give them hugs, tell them you love them because this is the this is the time to connect like that. Just so let's just take some time and connect. And then again, next year we can we can take off and try and build our brands into something amazing. Thank you again. And until then, keep focused, keep consistent, keep going. I'll talk to you next week. Take care. Thanks for joining me for Personal Branding with Lynn. If you took something from today's episode that you plan to put into practice, please let me know and share it with our other listening friends. We'd love to encourage you and support you on your path. Leave a comment wherever you heard this or at Personal Branding with Lynn on Facebook and Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe at lynnmorton.com forward slash subscribe and share this episode with another entrepreneur or creative. That's it for now. Let's get together again and continue growing our personal brands. Cheers. Cheers.